I don't know if I'll keep doing it. It's kind of a hassle to pull them out and plug them in and get them untangled. You know what? That's me yawning, trying to talk. (laughs) I can tell. You really need to listen to Cortex, because on the episode that just came out yesterday, they had chat GPT. They asked it to create intros for their episode, and then they re- they read them out using their own parts, so it like created a script for them. And it was like, "Hello, I." It was really robotic. It was like, "Hello, welcome to the Cortex Podcast. I am Mike." <laughs> it was it was it was a good time. We should have done that. What if this is the script? What? <laughs> what? All right, I'm, I'm opening Chat GTP. What prompt should I give it? Create an intro for the for the College Try Podcast uh, with the hosts being uh, Zachary and Joe. If you don't know, by the way, listener, this is, I mean, surely they know, but like this is a, an AI thing that will spit back out um, things based on the prompt that you give it. And it's actually, it's, it's not bad most of the time. Um, many high school students, none of which that we know, uh, are using it to write papers and such. <laughs> no, that so, would be academic dishonesty. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I'm, well, I'm sure college students are doing it too. I haven't done it yet, but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> create an intro for the college try podcast uh i should probably say like create a script for the college try podcast you have to be really specific create a script for the college try podcast intro with the two uh parts being the host zachary and joe <laughs> let's see if it gets anything like that okay because I, I want to be like zachary says this joe says this no did I'm you saying? give it did yeah it's yeah, thinking yeah. oh it's thinking okay can i always think oh boy it's thinking. It's typing out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> okay. This is actually kind of funny. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the College Try Podcast. I'm Zachary, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe. That's right. And we're here to talk about all things college. From the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're sharing our own experiences and offering tips and advice for anyone currently in or heading off to college. So whether you're just starting out or in your final year, we've got you covered. That's right. We'll be discussing everything from tackling classes and exams to making friends and finding your place on campus. So sit back, relax, and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of college life together. And don't forget to tune in every week for new episodes (laughs) and to join the conversation on social media using the hashtag College Try Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the College College Try Podcast. Podcast. Okay. That was not cheesy at all. Because it like, obviously it doesn't know what we talk about. So it can't, it just has to guess that it's like yeah, about college yeah. life and being a student. That wasn't awful. Like, you know what I mean? That could have been a that's lot That's the worse. weird thing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's like, it's like the level of like a eighth grader in a writing class, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I remember being generous. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen some college students writing that's like, oh gosh, the next generation, we're in trouble here. Mm. Speaking of which, how's school been going for you? It's good. Um, yeah, I think I have actually, I want your opinion on this. I think I've discovered the perfect schedule mm-hmm. to get the most done out of a semester. If you take uh, four in-person classes, regular 16-week classes, and if you can get two online classes that are, one is the first, second, eight weeks, or sorry, the first eight weeks, and then one is the second eight weeks. So you're technically packing 18 credits into a semester, but you're only ever in 15 at one time because of the two eight-week classes. Okay, so like for instance, right, 
uh, I am in, it, let's just imagine that the winter session class that I'm in was a first eight weeks class. I would be in right now. Oh, when it ends, you just swap it out with another first eight week. Yeah, I got it. So you're only ever really taking 15 at a time, but you're technically 18. So you're signed up for six classes. Yes. And each of them itself, even the eight week ones are in theory, three credit hours. Yeah, exactly. Packing in 18 but it's kind of like you only packed in 15. Exactly. So like this semester I'm getting 18, but like right now I have four class periods a, uh, a week and my schedule is pretty awesome. And then I have a, an online class that I have stuff to do for every once in a while. And, and they'll have a second eight weeks class later on, but that's it. Not only do I like my schedule, I'm also getting 18 credit hours done, which is more than normal. How many hundreds of hours on the schedule bill did it take you to make that work? <laughs> um, let's see. Honestly, it took a while because it, it I, I had to... It, now, if I was like a freshman or a sophomore, it wouldn't take a while because you know all the things you need and you can just like boom, boom, boom. Like these are my required classes and let me take those. Uh, for me, it was like, okay, I need... Uh, seven hours in the College of Arts and Sciences that are over 300 level, but I need actually 10 hours in the, like, total, but, like, you know, three of those cannot be 300 level or over. It was like Tetris, trying to figure out what worked for my schedule with Encounter Band and stuff, uh, what I needed, and then what, like, actually I enjoyed, <laughs> uh, which is how I ended up in a class like Typography, which is going amazingly, uh, yeah, it's 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 literally if you don't I mean typography is just the the study of letter forms and how we use them. And yeah, we're we're working on like a single letter right now, so we're just trying to design an abstract um version of a single letter side the letter D, which is kind of cool cuz I if I like it I could use it like in a personal logo. Um but yeah, so that's going well and then um yeah, typography, I mean uh, audience analysis is my winter session online class, which like is cool, but I, I don't put a lot of effort into it, to be honest, because I'm not, that's not what I want to do. It's just a required class for my, um, my specialization. Um, and then intro to contemporary art of the 1960s to now, which like is cool. I don't like, I like the lectures. All right. But like the, these, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It, it's fine. I don't know. Uh, and then, um, intro to Christianity, which I think we can definitely talk about at some point, even if it's not today, because we haven't really gotten into much yet, but it's really very interesting because it's obviously, I'm not at seminary, so it's not taught from a Christian perspective. Um, it's taught kind of with a mindset of like, let's get our bearings in this massive thing that we call Christianity, um, which has been really interesting definitely challenging me on the things that I've just always kind of believed, um, uh, in a good way. So that's been good. And then, um, extreme weather, which is fun. Uh, it's, it's it, the, the professor. Okay. I, I was in a class with him in the fall of 2021, which is over a year ago. And I sat pretty like near the back. Uh, and I showed up the first day of class and I sat down low in the front cause there was no other spots. And then I, I was just sitting there minding my own business. He came up to me and was like, Hey, it, it's Joe, right? Like you're, I, I remember you from, and I was wow, like, wow, that's I, impressive. I know. I was like starstruck because he's such a cool guy. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to Cody Kirkpatrick uh, being one of the best professors I've ever had. 
uh, he's, he's awesome. Um, but yeah. And then, so like I've sat down front and he knows my name and it's, it's really cool. Um, and it's, we're learning about, we just learned about the differences between, uh, sleet, freezing rain, rain, and snow, and like the temperature and how you graph that, how you, uh, forecast it. So it's, it's, it's a really cool class. And then my second eight weeks online class is, um, British and American film studies. So I'm not in that yet because we're not there yet. So when I do get there, I will talk about it, see, and let you know how it's going. But yeah, those are my classes. How are your classes? All right. Well, first of all, let's be honest. No work really gets done in the first week. Yeah, that's true. I, I went to a bunch of classes in the first weekend. I was like, oh, what have we done? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, That's kind of cool. We read the syllabus. Okay, that's fun. One of the harder classes I've ever taken was a six-week macro econ course in the summer. It was online. And it, it was like from day one, he was like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> like it, it was the most high information density ever. It's like, forget syllabus, syllabus. We're going to like go right into so much information from day one. And we're going to meet like five days a week. And it's Oh my gosh. After that, it's like everything else seems kind of slow paced by comparison. Got it. Uh, after once you had the six week and it, it was like, I made it in the end, but oh boy, that, that was quite a time. Wow. Now I kind of almost wish that there could be a system that you could do more of those six week type classes, not just in the summer, but you could maybe only do one or two at a time. Like I feel that'd be more efficient instead of like spreading your attention across a lot of things that are moving at a slow pace. Why not go all in on one or two things? I don't know. There's just a perhaps another design that you could do. So I really do wish colleges would consider putting in that six-week schedule, but alas, we are dealing with the schedule we have. And so we're not really doing a ton yet, but I will tell you about everything I'm doing here. A motion picture production class, and I have a very busy Monday, by the way, which we'll get into. But. Mm. And then I have multicam TV production. Then I have a business class at Kelly, which is, uh, again, for my business certificate, and is uh, <laughs> Kelly is quite different than the media school, as we've talked about many times. <laughs> And then we have a cinematography class, and when we have a kind of a law class. Wow. Which is interesting, although it's kind of overlapping a different law class that I have taken before, so it's perhaps not as helpful as it could be. Mm. I mean, I'm liking everything well enough. I just, we haven't really done enough for me to have strong opinions yet. I'll get back to you with my strong opinions at the end, perhaps. And I've noticed that you never really think about other people using your classroom. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I mean? I go totally. into this classroom on Monday and don't come back. And it's like that, that classroom stands empty yep. <laughs> and it's there. It's empty. The only time we it's there is when I'm there. Uh, this happened a couple of times, but I have the same classroom for different classes. And it's like, oh, hang on. Or you walk by the classroom, a bunch of other random strangers are in. It's what are you doing in there? <laughs> you know, like that's that's my private area. But it's just kind of funny how your brain doesn't. Your brain is so self-centered. It's like this is the only thing this building is used for. My two classes and then it shuts down the rest of the week and I come back. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh-huh. I wish you could like know who else sits in your seat. You know what I mean? Like once you pick your seat. I'm also very aware of that when you walk into the seat for the first time. It's like, have fun with this seat because you're going to have it the entire time, whatever you yeah. pick, like by force yeah. of habit. I remember hearing about like this guy that would pick different seats every time on purpose. Like he'd get there early enough and picked it and he just like ruin everybody's schedule <laughs> and force everybody to pick weird spots they didn't want to pick. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yes, those are agents of chaos that help us to try different spots in the room. I don't think I have a consistent spot for any of my classes. I, I've, because I get to my intro to Christianity class too late to get a spot. Same with my weather class. Because you can't go from one building to another fast enough to get a good spot. Well, yeah, I just, yeah, just because time, time uh, management stuff for me is hard. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, so you just show up like, gotcha. but also like intro to Christianity is like, it, it's like 125 people and like, it's a very tight room and like people show up at like, I get there at like, 11.25 for an 11.30 class. And it's like everything's taken. 
and there's only middle spots and spots right next to people, you know, and uh, it's a tough time. But my weather class is the same because I, I see Rachel in between classes. And so I like I get to that class like right at 1115. So I, I have to go all the way down to the front, which is how I that's how that whole story started, which is a good thing. But anyway, um, and then, yeah. So anyway, but I yeah, it's it's usually I have uh, just a, one spot that I like because humans are creatures of habit if you walk in and you can just sort of have a, a decision are you like front middle back uh left right side i would say i'm i'm between like i'm i'm behind all the try hard people who sit in the front like first four <laughs> rows you know uh, <laughs> um this is joe's attitude on school all yeah. you guys at the front row are try hard <laughs> <laughs> okay but like you know it's like i don't want to be in the back because the professor knows you're not paying attention in the back I mean, typically, if you're just looking at your computer, um, but I don't, I'm not going to sit in the front. And so I want to be like closer to the front than the middle. And then if I have, a, if I have a pick of the side, if there's a window, I want to be by that. Yeah. So you can get natural light. You can wake yourself up. You can stare at random people walking by. <laughs> yeah. Or like for the longest time with my old laptop, like I literally couldn't use it if it wasn't plugged in. So like it it would literally just be I need to sit next to a power outlet like period I need to get there early enough to find a power outlet and that's how my life worked so that was a part of it for a long time but now it's just kind of like I like walls um so not not the middle <laughs> you like walls so you want to be you want to have a wall next to you and not a person next to you yes that's my preference but for like but the but classrooms are different so like Ballantine classrooms you know they have those crappy like moving seat desk things and then you you set them up nicely come back and there's like upside down and a stack up to the ceiling <laughs> like wait what the heck is that <laughs> yeah exactly so like in that situation i don't want to be in the center of that moving sea of chaos so like i like to be up against a wall you know um so like in that situation i like to be up the window uh next to the next to the window that's my preference um but otherwise it does. I mean, it doesn't matter too much to me now, but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Okay, so here's here's my strategy. All right, all right. There's always there's always a system. Uh-huh. So in Valentine, you're just screwed. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> no matter what, there's going to be like the shifting sands, the shifting seas. Like, there's no way to be happy with that. I like to be as close to the door as possible. <laughs> uh, you know, ah. I just I, that's something I like to do. You know, if there's if there's a fire, I'm the first one out. If you gotta like go to the bathroom or discreetly get water, you don't have to like walk in front of people, have it be all awkward. You gotta be close to the door if you can't be. That's a good point. Now, if you can't be close to the door, if it's like a giant lecture hall, you've gotta either like hard commit to front or back. Like middle is just the bad one. So like one time I just hard committed to the back in a class and there was like a table if you got there early enough, so you had a nice table to work on. That's nice. That's nice. And yeah, and you could super see super well and you weren't you had plenty of personal space and it was pretty awesome. So it was like this is the much more humane thing instead of like being like, like squeezed <laughs> in like cattle. But also uh-huh. since a lot of people are kind of afraid of the front, you don't want to be in literally the front row because that's weird. Yes. But you want to be in the second row. You can hard commit because I like I actually did it both ways. So for the econ class I took a while back, for the first maybe half I was in the back table and then I was like I got to where I was like, all right, it's not worth showing up super early to get to that tit spot. So I kind of mm-hmm. changed my schedule to where I'd come a little later. But then I could just waltz in and get a second row spot. I could see super well. I could, if I asked, if I had a question, it was easy to get a, you know, easy, easy to raise your hand, easy for him to see you and easy for everyone else to sort of know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I actually learned more when I was in the second row. Like I know it's cliche huh. or whatever, but I, I couldn't quite literally do an A-B comparison. I was not tempted to be like doing random stuff because 
it, obviously near the back even you do random stuff oh the only person that knows you're doing like watching youtube videos not that i'm watching youtube videos but i'm just using what like i've seen other people do uh-huh uh-huh not you would never yeah <laughs> if you are doing things that are not related to that class the only thing that happens is like the wall sees you and the wall doesn't care yep but if you're like in the second row with a 300 percent class like everyone's eyes are probably like so glued true. directly to what you're doing so and they're like true. silently judging you and being annoyed at you uh at least that's what i do with other people if they're watching like sports in the middle row it's like okay come on guys uh the only people that can do it are the back because they're not distracting anyone maybe like but you see how the further ahead you are in the room, the more people you distract, it like adds up exponentially or whatever. I think, you know, it's funny. I used to care about like, like, like doing, like not distracting people. Like I remember in my old weather class, like there was a girl who would sit in front of me and play snake. And I was like, <sighs> those people are the bane of existence. It was so, I was like so invested in her game. Like I was so <laughs> oh, invested. That's funny. That's the opposite reaction for yeah. me. I'm like, turn that thing up before I throw your computer out the window. Well, no, that's the thing is like, I, I like, Every time she would die, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know, um, now I'm just like, I don't really like I got other stuff to work on. Like, I'm not going to play games, you know, um, although I have before. But um, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I don't really it doesn't matter to me as much now if I'm not paying full attention, because if I'm not paying full attention, I don't need to pay full attention. You know, um, it's not just like I don't want to like, you know what I mean? It's it's that I I either know it's going on or i don't need to know what's going on which that actually have we talked i feel like we've definitely talked about this college doesn't really college makes you dumb like it 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 makes you it forces you to know how to get by you know what i mean it forces you to know how to do well at college but doesn't make you smart exactly exactly unless it's a class you really love and you're like actually wanting to learn everything else is like how do i get the grade you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Which is so backwards. It's really... Well, that's why there's like some arguments where grades should either be way different or shouldn't even be there. Because it's like grades just make it so that there's a system to do well. And that like the system will reward those who do the minimum effort to get that good grade. So it's like no matter what, if you lay out the qualifications, people do exactly that and nothing else and not learn. Yeah. So it's a little rough. It's just sort of the game we must all play for this moment. Yeah. I think that's why I, I like the idea of trade schools because like... When you go to a trade school, results based, yeah, yeah, because like the, the the problem I think always is you can't force people to care about stuff they don't care about. Like you can, but it, you get students who cheat, students who you get mediocre work. Exactly. So like, I think that with with something like specified like a trade school, it's like okay, if you're if you're here, chances are you either are really passionate about this or at least need the job and you care about it enough to do well. Um, which I guess is maybe the idea with like the media school. Like you have students who care about media um, or business or health or music or whatever. But I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. It just seems like a, like a broken system to me, but I don't know how to fix it. So I guess that's just complaining. <laughs> right. And, and my ideas to fix it are like completely tear it down and start over. Like I think we're, <sighs> we would yeah. have to literally start from zero uh, to fix many of the problems because they're just, those problems are so built in at the moment. Yep. Yep, yep. A story for another time, perhaps. Here's my message to all college students out there. You don't need to write everything down in a Google Doc, a different <laughs> one for each class. When the instructor posts the slides, you don't have to do that. Stop writing everything down when the instructor posts the slides. Just use the slides. I may or may not do that. But it's so unnecessary. You just end up with a carbon copy, but it's a worse version of what's on the slides because you couldn't type it fast enough. If they I don't agree. post the slides, take pictures and use OCR to get everything on the slides. Oh, but. That's... If you don't do that, then it's like, what's the, what's even the point? The reason that I do that is because I don't like, I don't want to have to go like rummage through some janky files 
you know, tab in Canvas and like then find this and then, then go and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, like all of the notes are in one place. All of them. You know what I mean? But then you download the janky, you go to the janky files, you download the PowerPoint presentation, you convert it to a PDF, you merge all the PDFs into one, bam. <laughs> and you search them and it's like, okay. That's actually not a bad idea. I recommend that strategy to, to all people out there. Huh. Da- yeah, download the janky PowerPoint, export it as a PDF that's actually easy to deal with. Search and then combine them all into one big thing. I might actually do that because there's a class, yeah, that she posts the lectures and I don't really want to take notes. So, yep, I can show you how to do that on a Mac. Won't this be great? Oh, heck yeah. Wow. Do you, do you use Adobe Acrobat or no? Uh, no, I just have like this automated thing that looks at when I download the PowerPoint presentation and then automatically does it all. But like I could show oh, you how to set cool. that up if you want. Yeah, that's I, I, I do think there's lots of room for optimization with my Mac. There's always room for optimization. But anyway, for college students, you don't need to write everything down if the slides are posted. If they're not, okay, write or type as fast as you can. But anyway, just, uh, you know, save your fingers. You'll need them later. That's true. I do think I'm going to be a bit busier this semester, but I think I might be happy at the same time. And one theory that someone brought to my attention was that an object in motion stays in motion and an object at rest stays in rest. Mm. So if I'm in motion, and I got a good schedule to where I'm on campus and doing things and pretty busy for three days of the week, and then the other days I'm not, so I can focus on other things that matter. And that means that I'm going to be staying in motion. Even So I... This is why I thought I was an Enneagram 5 for a while. I am sometimes worried and I don't. Want, I hesitate to sign up for too much because I think I'm going to run out of energy and then be in trouble and then have to slog through. But I don't know. I have to have to sort of trust myself, I think, trust my own energy, trust my own decision making mm-hmm. and, and know what the appropriate amount to sign up for is and then know that I can make good use of that time and stay in motion. I think I've talked about 168 hours before, but it's basically the idea that there are 168 hours in the week Obviously, let's say you got nine hours of sleep, which is quite a lot, but you can subtract a bunch of hours from that. Uh, let's say you have a full-time job, minus 40. Let's say you do 20 for school, and then let's say you have like 10 hours worth of chores, uh, which you probably don't, and 10 hours of hanging out with friends, and then 10 hours of volunteering. Guess how many hours you have left in the week? Like 15. Yeah, you actually got that exactly right. Good Are job, Are you Joe. serious? You're oh a math genius. But 15 wow. is still a good little bit. You could do, you could do a lot with that. You can, uh, let's see, minus an hour of exercising a day, minus seven, uh, 30 minutes of re- reading your Bible a day. So then you still have 4.5 hours. So the point is like, are we actually making the best use of our time? But you do have more time than you think. That's the tagline of the book. 168 hours, you have more time than you think. Mm. So that's what I'm trying to keep in mind. Like if you actually, you might feel busy and they're like, there's a lot going on. Look at the data. You have tons of big blocks in which you could do things or not do mm. things. You can just re- rest and relax. Yep. That's... That's, yeah, that's huge. I I am also learning that in my own way. Um, like, yeah, I, like, this is my last semester. So I am trying to enjoy things. And so, like, yesterday I got back from class and typically I think I would have maybe read, which is not a bad thing, or, like, worked on some homework that was due or something. But then people asked if I wanted to play Euchre and I haven't done that forever. And I, I was like, you know what? I've got, I think I've got a few hours. Like, that's fine. So like we just sat and played Euchre for a while and it was really enjoyable. Like, and I think, no, yeah, I, at least for my schedule right now, I am like, like school is here, but I'm just, it, it's just here, you know? So I don't need to like stress about it. Let me just, let me enjoy my life a little bit, you know, like I can, I can do that. I have the margin for it. So I agree. I agree with you. There have been some recent times for me where I was up later than I wanted to, but I knew it was things that were important and things that mattered, either with people or like fixing problems that came up. And I was like, okay, what's really going to last? I I can get enough sleep one time 
or I can still sleep in a tiny bit the next day. And you have to just know what matters and what doesn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Last night, we had a great conversation. And people made the obvious joke that they always make, oh, it's the college try in real life. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, it's so funny. It's so original joke. <laughs> you recommended to me a Ben Stewart podcast episode. You seem to like him a lot because you mentioned him a lot. I do. And it was where one where he mentioned Calvinism. Passion City Church DC podcast is what you'll be looking for. And it is Rise, Signs You're Saved, January 17th. Link in the show notes. So first of all, he talks too fast. He has the same problem I have. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <He's> like, gosh. <laughs> I turned it to 2x, and I was like, oh, hang on. It's already at 2x. I know it's just a 1x, <laughs> but it's like automatically at 2x. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so pr- probably don't speed him up too much, or you'll just start missing information. So, so yeah, what uh, what's funny is I so I took a trip to D.C. this past weekend, and I went to this church, and I actually saw the sermon in person. So I took... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so I took notes on it like in the, in the room, which was really cool. Um, I'm super glad I went. But anyway, uh, I can talk about that later if, if you want yeah, to. But we'll have to talk about that. All right. So he points to, Ben Stewart points to Nehemiah 9.7, which says, you are the God that chose Abraham among, other, and there's other things in that verse, but it's this language of like God is choosing people. And then there are, there's also language from Paul that seems to say, like uh, God seemingly chose Paul like by the fact that he was on the road to persecute people. And then uh, the light came and then he changed his ways. He saw the light quite literally. And so, and then in Acts 13, we see when this verse, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed, end quote. And so there seems to be an element of like choosing things and being appointed and like God choosing people and all this sort of thing. And he actually didn't really take, he, he very cleverly like did some gymnastics and like didn't say whether or not, like he didn't mm-hmm. take explicit sides. He's like, oh, this is what John Calvin said. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Calvin said, essentially, it is somehow possible for God to control everything yet for people to make their own choice at the same time. These are two statements that seem impossible. You, it doesn't feel like you can have God controls everything and we control our own actions. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that works. But he says, points to this person that says, somehow those lines converge and somehow it, it does make sense, but we just don't know how it, how it works. Mm-hmm. I have some problems with that, as okay. you might expect, based on certain other episodes of the College Tribe. But what are you thinking about this whole sermon, Joe? Well, the whole sermon was great. Well, okay, so number one, he he never actually even said the word Calvinism. Yeah, I was disappointed. I was expecting him yeah. to, to like do a, a slanderous, uh, either like full on agree or full on disagree. He never actually talk, like said that, but he just, like he talked about how, yeah, like God chooses people all the time. Like he he... Like, I mean, even he used the language of like Ephesians 2, where it talks about we're dead and God's made us alive. Like, does a dead man do anything to be made alive? Absolutely not. Like, that's 100% God. So he, he he set that up a ton. And then, yeah, he but then he says, well, God's choosing doesn't negate our choices because he does call us to things and he holds us accountable for our actions. Which like that, like I was like, yeah. Cause then, cause you know, then he, he gave a ton of examples, but the, yeah, the quote from John, he actually, he quoted John Calvin, which is like that, that was my tip off that it was like, okay, he's making a point about Calvinism. Like, obviously if it wasn't obvious before. Um, but yeah, he, he just like John Calvin said something, I don't remember the exact quote, but like you said, it's just like, it's not, he said, it's not as if God is dragging people against their will. Like somehow we do get to make choices and yet God also chooses us. And, and the word he used there was, it's inconceivable. It's just inc- like, I don't, and, and I love how he did it because he said, he was like, is it, does God choose us? Yeah. Do we have choices? Yeah. 
how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> like, like that's kind of the, that's the wording he used. And I love that because I don't know either. Like, I don't get it. And, and so like, there are so many verses and so many places I can point to that talk about God's sovereignty over time and our choices. But also, I just picked up this pen. Like, did God, t- like, did God robotically drag me along and say, you're going to pick up this pen on January 20th of 20, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that we, we make our choices, but, but God is also in that process and he, he is sovereign over it. And, and yeah, that, that quote he also said about how some, somehow like the two lines of us making our choices and God making his choices, choosing us, they, they somehow meet and make sense somewhere on the other side of eternity is what, is what he said, which I really appreciated because it's essentially saying like, here are these two really competing ideas that people say one has to be right and one has to be wrong. And the truth is the guy who came up with Calvinism, he even says it's inconceivable. It's not like there's a clear cut black and white answer here. Um, and that's, I think why I love the take on it because it's not black and white. And anybody who tries to convince you that they absolutely know the answer 100%, in my opinion, is just an arrogant person. (laughs) Um, so that's why I liked his take on it, but why don't you get, you can give, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. Well, we need to better define the statement. God controls everything because is that statement saying that he literally controls everything? Or is it saying he can control things and sometimes steps in and sometimes like lets us do whatever types of things we want to do? I feel like that's the God controls everything statement needs to be better defined. And once mm-hmm. we better define it, we can know how it works or doesn't work with we control our own actions at the same time. Because if you say God controls everything, but he also lets us make our own choices, but sometimes helps us in that process, that seems fine. But saying like God is 100% sure chosen certain people and not chosen certain other people. And yet we make our own choices. That's where I'm starting to be like, I have some problems with that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, but, but also at the same time, if you say we don't understand the process, there's no way for me to argue against that. It still feels a little weird to me, but there's no way, because there are things that I believe that I don't fully, I can't fully prove, nor do we, we fully understand how they work. But I think that they're more likely than not. So if you say, I, here's what I believe, and I don't understand how it works, but I think that then I say, fair enough, and I step away and don't argue anymore, because I can at that point. Because then me asking you for reasons about how it works, you're like, I don't know how it works. So that shuts down all discussion, all debate. That's, you're, that's just like, all right, we're done. Yeah. And not in a negative way, just like, I don't think I can, there's nothing left to do if you say you don't know how it works. There is definitely an element of like, I don't know how it works. Because, I mean, this has been, for some people, this has been, I'm sure, a question of decades that they've wrestled with. For me, it's been two or three years now that I've been thinking about this problem of like, free choice and God's will and all of that. And I think that, yeah, there's definitely like at the, at the end of the day, like I am never going to have like a definite, here's all the scriptures. They all support this one thing that I believe. So like, yes, there's an element of, I don't understand it, but also I do think it is. I feel like it's very clear again, like, like God chose Israel out of the nations, like, like period. He, he did. He chose, like it says that, um, I mean, he chose Abraham to, to, to and he, he said, you're going to carry this for me. Like, you're going to do this for me. Uh, and, and, and then Abraham went and made his own choices, didn't trust the story, didn't trust God. And he holds him accountable for that in, in lots of ways. Um, but I mean, he still, like, God still chose Abraham or Abram at the time, then made him Abraham. But, and then even jumping again to the New Testament language of like being made alive, like, if somebody is medically dead, how do you resuscitate them? Do they do anything? Like, no, 
they don't do anything. Like it takes an outside force acting upon them to make them alive again. Um, so I, I do think that God chooses us and I think he, like he, he chose Paul, right? Like I, I do believe that. Like, um, I think he, 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 he has a will and he acts that upon us. But I, again, like, I also think like, was Paul perfect all the time? Probably not. Like, but, but also there's a story in Acts. I, I'm sure that you've read it. Like, he he wants to go into Asia or something like or what what they thought was Asia. We don't think that anymore. But like he wanted to go somewhere, and then this it says that the spirit of God showed up and was like, in a vision was like, hey, you need to actually go that way, like over to Macedonia or wherever or Corinth or something. Um, I probably should pull that up, but it's I I know I read it. I promise. <laughs> um, and so again, like that was like Paul wanted to go there, but. God was like, I need you to go over here. You know, that's, that's where I, that's, that's what I want you to do. And I guess then the question becomes like, did God force him to, was he asking, is that something you can refuse? And did God chose the people in that area as well? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, let's ignore the other people. And then I'm choosing the people in this area to hear the good news. And to that, I say, I I can't, I like, I don't think that's something that I can know. Like, I, I don't think that, like, I think, I mean, you've heard people talk about like God's revealed will versus his secret will and all of that stuff. Like, I don't quite know everything there is to know about that, but I think that some things we're just not going to know. Like what, like, I, I do know that God loves people. I know that he, um, I think it's first Peter that says he desires all to be saved, but we also know that not everyone is saved. So how does that work? I don't know. Well, we can kind of get ourselves locked up a little bit because we say, what about the people that do not accept God into their lives? And then we get a little freaked out because we say, wait, did they not have a choice? God didn't choose them. And by that fact, they're they're not going to accept. But if God chose them, they would have accepted. And it's like, wait a second, what? Because then you also get into, wait, so he has chosen the people that have accepted him. But it's this weird circular logic. And it's like, uh-huh. wait a second, what are you, at a certain point, it's like, wait, what are we even talking about anymore? Like <laughs> the people that have accepted him have accepted him and the people that haven't haven't. And then had a different set of people, we would have said those were chosen. It just starts to get very circular and hard to really even know what we're talking about sometimes. There's two things I think that I want to say, if I can remember them both. The first thing is that, I mean, by nature, we're all deserving of wrath. We're all deserving of hell. Like we have all sinned and fallen short. That's the, that's the standard. Like we all do not deserve anything. And so the crazy thing is not that God sends people to hell people go to hell i you can argue that one too uh but oh boy yeah anyway not gonna get into that the crazy thing is not that it's that we have a shot like we have a a bridge to to actually be in relationship with the father that's the crazy thing number one that for sure but also i do think that like that the, the thing about it is that we don't like for me if I do adhere to the to the idea that God chooses people, that's, that doesn't mean I know who he chooses. So for me, on, on this side of heaven, from my perspective, anybody, it could be anybody. And the difference could be what I say to them or, or how I treat them or how, like, do I invite, you know, like, that could be the difference. That could be the seed planted. And, and in God's plan, that person was, you know, always whatever. And you could argue that, which I know is kind of like, uh, yeah, so it's yeah. still circular because it's yeah. like, oh, you don't talk to them. 
So wait, God chose them and you didn't talk to them? You messed up what God chose. Oh no. Sure. And all but, the, but it gets the thing is you again. don't know. That's that's the thing, is like you could talk to somebody who is reviling you because of your beliefs and like doesn't want anything to do with it. And then ten years down the line could meet somebody that changes their life and lead and you know leads them to Jesus, right? Um but then you could have somebody who tries it out for a couple of weeks and then you know, gets, gets baptized or whatever, and then leaves the faith in 10 years. And it's like, well, does like, was that always the plan? Like did I, and in that, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't yeah, know. Who knows? I don't know. And I, I think that we can go back and forth on it all day, but I, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to really know. And we won't understand the system, whether or not God chooses people and doesn't choose people or whether or not he's like, do what you kind of do what you want while still knowing the outcome, which you've talked about before. Mm-hmm. We don't understand the system either way. If, if we could prove one or the other, it, we still don't get it. Cause for Calvinism, we're like, isn't it unfair? Cause he didn't choose some people. Now there's like quote unquote, mm-hmm. nothing that person can do to be saved. Or if we're working with the system where the people can make their own choices and then God's just like gonna, he knows what they'll pick, but he's just going to have them not choose. He's just going to have them do what they're going to do. That mm-hmm. system is still like, isn't that kind of unfair? Cause what about people that like never got a chance to hear about God or, you know, like, they, they died true. when they were 80, but they like left the faith at 79 because their like church was not good or like there's so many edge cases. So it's like, yeah, or the, or again, the classic, like accepting God on your deathbed and then our sinful nature is like, wait, that's not no fair. That person got like the privilege, quote unquote, of sinning and doing whatever they wanted for like years and years. And then like the last second they got all the rewards, which uh-huh. is a, a, not a great way to think about it. But you, I mean, no. you get my point <laughs> to where there's like so many problems that come up if we say that like, no matter what the system is, we have a lot of problems. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's just... I think that his Ben Stewart's take on it on Sunday was just encouraging to me because he wasn't looking at both of the options going, well, one of them has to be right. And one of them has to be wrong. Um, I, I appreciated him and in, in what he was saying because it wasn't, it was, it was, it was, it was these two things coexist somehow. I don't know how, but they do. And I mean, I, I, I have, like I showed that I I showed that video to I showed that clip to Soren. He was like, <laughs> I agree with that. Like, we don't know how it's gonna like and I was like, wow, like look at that. I agree with it too. He somehow did it to where no one will disagree with him. <laughs> Cause he said that he said the two statements, God controls everything, we control our actions. I think whether you whether you're in favor of Calvinism or not. Yeah, I'd say you'd agree with those two statements. You just have different ideas of what it means for God to control everything. You're like, mm. no, I mean everything, like whether or not people are saved. And sure. we're like, oh, everything, like the daily actions. But we still can decide what we're going to do, like a little bit, you know. So it's just yeah. like, again, defining God controls everything. What does yeah. that mean? And then you, no matter where you take it on the scale, that changes what your rest of your beliefs are going to be. Sure. Yeah, true. True. At the end, Ben was like, he doesn't like asking people, what does this verse mean to you? Because he gets dumb answers. Oh, I know. I, know. <laughs> I died laughing at that part. It's like, that's not what the verse means at all. You're stupid. <laughs> Dude, and that's, I I love listening to his sermons. And, and I, I mean, I was like laughing in church. Like, I was like, he's just, he's just a really funny, entertaining, like, even though pastors like shouldn't necessarily be entertaining, he is very entertaining in a in a tactful way um, where he still gets his points across, which I love. And he's, I, 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 he, he speaks very clearly too. Like he's, it's just like, here's the verse. And I'm going to talk about four things in that thing, you know, and let me just talk to you about these. And here's why, here's why, here's why next thing. Here's why, you know, and it's like, wow, that makes total sense. Like that's how my brain works. 
Um, some people don't work that way. That's fine. Like if you, if that's not the primary way that you receive information, like that's fine. I just, I think in my brain with like classes and stuff, like that's exactly how I take down information. So it just makes sense to me that like, cause like literally I'll show you my notes. I'll, I'll show Zachary my notes, listener. You, you can't see them, but like, like, huh, okay. I don't know if this is backwards, but like, you know, you got, this is like, oh wait. Yeah. This is like the main point explaining it a little bit. And then like the four points of what he was talking about. Uh, and then like a, a, an ending thought, you know? Okay. So like, I don't know. It, it, it just, it just makes sense to me the way that he speaks and he's really funny. So that's, that's why I enjoy listening to his sermons. But anyway, Joe has like the really artistic notes where it's like one thing nicely connected to another with a nice font. And it's like, I'd never get how that works because my notes are just piles and piles <laughs> of garbage that nobody, that even I barely understand when I'm done with that. Uh-huh. And, and like, you should be like, maybe I like have an Instagram account for posting your notes. I think that's what should happen here. Yeah. That's what, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are some people that have like drawings and I'm like, Hey, come on. How is it that you're understanding the sermon and like doing drawings and stuff like Bible project style stuff at the same time? Oh, I, was, that's, uh, yeah. I don't believe those people. I think those people are, uh, you know, trying to trick us or whatever. But <laughs> I think there's a happy medium with where legible notes can be very good. Yeah. Yeah. I am not, I, I, I'm definitely not like a, like a, I can't just draw picture like illustrations with my hand. Like that's really hard for me. I can sketch things, but I can't like, I am, I'll never be an artist. I don't think, but I, I do consider myself a graphic designer. So like I love fonts and trying to make things look visually pleasing, like with, with typefaces. And I mean, I've done illustrations, but, Anyway, it, it's fun. It's a fun time. So obviously you were there at church in person, but how was it seeing mm. Ben Stewart in person? Because like you normally just listen to his voice and probably don't necessarily watch the videos, but now you're putting like a face and a body to it and so on. So how was that experience? Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was like, it was good. Um, but it was definitely strange because typically like I do listen to him, but I also like watch his videos all the time. So like I'm used to just seeing like the environment was what was what was weird to me i think the most um because i just don't see like you can't see how many people are there you can't see how tall the building is you can't see the sides of it you can't see how people react during worship you can't like nothing you know um so that was really cool um seeing him teach in person was cool because like he's just i remember it was like the first time i saw Lizzie McAlpine she like was tuning her guitar and i was like she tunes her guitar. She's like a real person. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, and like, same for him. Like, you know, he is making his hand motions in person and like, you know, point like doing, it's just, it, it's, is a, it's a surreal experience to see him in real life, you know? Um, and then I, I think I, I had this moment where I was like, wait a second, he's just a person. I don't need to be like fawning over him. Like he's a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like that, that's guy. weird. Yeah. He's just a guy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he like walked right past me out of church and like, uh, I, I, I could have said hi, but I, I think that I realized I didn't want to like, yeah, you can't do that. No way. You gotta, gotta yeah. stay silent is what needs to happen there. But he was outside afterwards talking to people and like, I was like, I could have said hi then, but I didn't just, it was kind of like a, it was like a, I don't need to like make this a big deal. You know, I'm sure that I'll cross paths with him at some point and come back to this church, but I don't need to make this a big deal right now. It was more of a hard thing for me. Yeah. They felt like there are many moments during his sermon where people like would applause, but either the applause was super turned down. Like I yeah. guess people were probably doing it, but I guess it was super turned down. 
because I was like, I kind of want to applaud too, but I, I can't really hear if anyone else is doing it. Yes, it's quiet when they do, or like when people laugh. You know what I mean? It's 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 loud in the room, but the podcast is like it's completely turned down. Yep, <laughs> it's not like this rock concert kind of deal. No, <laughs> the crowd is turned out to eleven. How was the worship? Oh, it was like professional. It was like. Like it sounded like the radio. The people knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Well, Passion's policy is like if you can't memorize the music, like you, there's no sheet music on stage, period. Like you, if you can't memorize it, they, you can't be on the band. Given that, like the kind of people that show up then and, and are able to play are just phenomenal. Like their bassist was so good. Their bassist was so good. Um, and their singer was phenomenal. I mean, she could have been a recording artist for all I know. But are they paid or are they volunteers? Or do you know? I think that they're volunteer. I don't know. I don't know. It's a small church. So like, well, I mean, small, like I'd imagine there were probably 150, 125 in the room and they have two services. Oh, wow. That is small. I, I thought it was way bigger for some reason. Well, Passion in Atlanta is, is really big, but it's still kind of like a church plant. I think they've only been there like four or five years. Huh. So, and it's in a theater, you know, so it's kind of a small venue it's literally so this is the what's the name of the church itself well so it's passion city but this is passion city dc so there are multiple passion locations yes so they have two in atlanta and then one in dc and that's i think it and this was this like the starter one or was this like one of the many that came after the main one this is after the main one so it makes sense that it's not the crazy popular one yep for sure speaking of music my car radio doesn't work very well if you've been in my car recently you know that uh it it it's really a bad it, you have to like un like it doesn't, huh. the Bluetooth doesn't work. It doesn't, the, the cord like just kind of decides when to work. It's very moody. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the quote here is, um, my car radio broke and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, which is dramatic <laughs> for sure. But clickbait title, you know, basically my, my, my point here, we've talked about this before I know, but the practice of not always having music on is sometimes a healthy thing because it, like allows your brain to like have a little bit of silence to think. Um, and so this is kind of just a continuation of that because let me tell you a quick story. I love music. I love listening to music. I love playing music. Um, I listen to a lot of music. I just love music. You love music. We love music. Um, I had AirPods and in November I lost one of them, which sucked. I was like, wow. Which is the same as losing both of them. Exactly. Because you can't do the nose cancellation. You can't, you know, that's just not good anymore. Um, and so that sucked. And then um, beyond that, about three weeks, four weeks later, I lost the whole thing. I don't know where it went. So there's one singular <laughs> oh, AirPod no. missing somewhere. And then there's also just an AirPod case with an uh, with a left AirPod or a right AirPod. Two people are very mediocrely happy, right? Now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, that happened, right? So, so then I couldn't listen. Now I can't listen to like music on my own, you know what I mean? Like just in class or like on the way to class or anything. Um, and then, yeah, with my car, it, it, like I said, it really is picky about when it wants to work. It works sometimes, but not all the time. Truly like not having music all the time is like, it's a, it's like, uh, how can I, it's like, it's like drinking like protein after you work out, you know, like it, it doesn't taste awesome. Usually it tastes kind of chalky. It doesn't like you don't love drinking like this thick protein stuff, but you know, it's good for you. <laughs> you know, you know, it helps. So like I, for me, it's like I don't love not listening to music. I love listening to music, you know, uh, but I also know that like when I have 
a clear head, I can actually think about like, okay, like, how am I doing? How am I feeling? Like, uh, is there anything I need to change in my life? Like, do I, what am I thinking about future stuff? Um, and, and more than that, what it's kind of become now is like, it's just a time to pray for people for, to pray for myself, to just to talk to God. Like that's been really cool because I think in the, in the business of life, anytime that you're around people, it's like, well, you're probably not going to sit down and pray. Like that's just, you know, like you're just probably not going to do it. Too awkward. Yes, I agree. So like maybe in your head and then your head is fine. But like, I think that even when you're alone, sometimes you're with music, it's like you're filling your head with stuff and it's hard to have that silence to like, I don't know, to focus. So for me, it's been nice because it reminds me to talk to God a little bit more. So I, I don't know if it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's definitely a good thing. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think that, that the, a bit more of digital minimalism is never a bad thing. So, um, yeah, so that's like, I don't know. That, that's my little, that's my little, here's what I've been thinking about recently thing. <laughs> So have you ever been tempted to like use your phone speaker just blasting it out loud? You know what I mean? Like I've done that before. I I have I I have been tempted and and actually it's funny. Uh, uh, I just got someone just gave me a pair of wired headphones with a lightning on the end of it, so I could like plug it in. And I I did that yesterday. I felt break the Indiana state laws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I felt really strange doing it though. I don't I don't know. It's weird. It's because it it's not. Like I haven't, I haven't used wired headphones in a long time, like, like the Apple headphones. Um, so it feels weird to have a, a cord attached again, uh, you know, cause I just haven't had that in a while. But anyway, yeah, so it's been, it's been good. How are, are you still trying to listen to more music or how's that, how's that going? <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. So I am every year I look at Spotify wrapped, unwrapped. What the heck is it called? Who knows? Unwrapped, I think, or See, that's the thing we don't know. I think it's wrapped. I think it's wrapped. I think it's wrapped because your data is nicely wrapped up, but then you unwrap it. It's confusing. Every year I see the numbers. They seem a little low, especially compared to other people. And I'm like, I should listen to more. And I think I will listen to more. But I also understand that by the time I listen to podcasts and enjoy appropriate amounts of silence, I don't always have a ton of interest in music. A lot of the times, I wish I could just press a big reset button on the Spotify recommendation engine because I feel like it recommends me things I don't care about and don't want to know about. I wish I could just, because it thinks I like japanese electronic music more than i actually do (laughs) obviously with release radar it puts in everyone you follow but then it once you run out of people that you follow for a given week it just puts in things it thinks you'll like same for discover weekly this one is all things you'll like and it just i never really intend to enjoy them very much so i think i need to branch out a little bit i mentioned you trying more of the brook and the bluff uh not very original many people that i am around listen to them a lot but kind of just trying what works and not being afraid to to jump in if an artist is popular but a lot of the times music is just not doesn't play a huge role in my life besides which is kind of ironic because i'm a musician but (laughs) by trade but i just a lot of musicians be like oh yeah like this small indie artist and this small indie artist and i'm just i'm not quite there yet for whatever reason Mm -hmm. because again once i listen to podcasts and get enough silence and relaxation time yeah it's just it shouldn't be a competition i might be lower than most people i know but i feel like i shouldn't be like oh no gotta listen gotta listen that's the wrong reason to listen to things yep i think baseline it should be because you enjoy it period like that's that's it. Cause if you don't enjoy it, like what are you even doing? You know what I mean? Like if it's just to boost your numbers, like that's not good. I will say my Spotify also used to be the same thing because I listened to a lot of Christian music. And so it would like give me these like 2006 
Christian, <laughs> like, back of the album, like, songs that no one listens to. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think you just have to brute force, you know, continue, like, listen to Stephen Day a ton. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then it'll give you things like Jordy Searcy and Ben Rector and all of these, like, related artists, you know. Yeah, that's that's my recommendation there because the Spotify al- algorithm really, really does think that it knows what you like, and it does not. It does not sometimes. So it's very opinionated. That. It is very, very opinionated. Very, very opinionated. On to miscellaneous projects corner. Yes, this is a project corner that I am inventing because there's just like small little projects I've been working on. Maybe each one isn't really worth its own topic, but together they can make a good topic. So first of all, here's what I've been working on. Then I want to hear about Joe's miscellaneous project, if he has any. I know he does. He's Joe. He always has miscellaneous projects. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one thing you got to know about Joe. So uh-huh. one thing, over break primarily, but also a little into January, making family trees. So I got this. Of course, it's, it's with Zachary. There's always going to be software involved. So I got this cool software that allows me to make a family tree on the computer, much better than drawing it out, of course. Mm. And I wasn't going to be like, that focused on completionism because obviously with every level you go up, it doubles the amount of work because there's run new people being introduced each time and exponentially. So, or not technically not exponentially, but you're always adding more people. So the tree always gets more complicated the farther you go up. So I obviously started in me. I made myself in the app because I'm egotistical, put in my birthday, all these things. Mm-hmm. And then, then obviously made all my immediate family, made all my distant family and then started like filling in as much as I can. But it's odd when you think about it, you don't have to go very far before you're like, wait, what was what was my uh, grandpa's dad's name? Like, I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. And like, when did, I know he isn't living now, but when did he die? Was it like recent or not recent? Like you, you can't even remember this stuff. So I was trying mm-hmm. to get it all in one place. And then, oh, good timing. My mom's parents came over to visit for uh, a little bit. And so I was like, you know what? Now that they're here, they're a captive audience and they, <laughs> I'm going to have them sit down and like help me fill in all the gaps. Mm-hmm. Anytime that there was either a divorce or like one of the, the husband or wife died and then the other one got remarried. Mm-hmm. Anytime that happened, I was like, oh man, this is destroying my tree. <laughs> like it got so complicated. Something in fact happened that, because also this this all started with, I was just looking at old pictures because, well, technically it all started because I was thinking <laughs> back to some birthday cakes that like my mom used to make. For She used to make a super advanced birthday cake because she loves us very much. She made this really cool Mario Kart kick. that was like mm. a recreation of SNES Mario Circuit 3 from Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, so she loved us very well. much. <laughs> she spent way too much time doing that. I don't even know why, but she did it and it's fun. So I went back to find that picture. I noticed that all the folders and file names were inconsistent because sometimes it was like Zachary's birthday, like 10, and then sometimes it was Zachary's like 11th birthday, and then it was just like all over the place. So I was mm-hmm. like going through and making everything be consistent so you could easily search for Zachary's birthday and find it. And I was like, well, cards and Owen birthdays are wrong too. So I was like fixing everything, trying to fix everything. <laughs> but in the process of fixing everything, I like kind of people were gathered around the computer looking at all the pictures I was looking at because I think we have a lot of pictures we just underrate them and don't often look at them because we kind of forget they're there mm-hmm. and so we were looking and you know thinking about uh long lost times but uh, kind of having a good time because my parents had the foresight and the smartness to buy a good digital camera so like there are mm. pictures of me as a one-year-old that are like instant hd so they're so beautiful they can make a grown man wow. cry. you can see every pore you can see every everything <laughs> like glorious nikon photos or whatever that's awesome and, and that's a that's a tough debate because I, one thing is like parents sometimes might wonder, do I need to buy like a actual DSLR or some like real big boy camera or should I just use my iPhone 14 Pro? It's actually kind of tough to answer that right now because the iPhone 14 Pro is pretty much good most of the time for most people, but also like any camera worth its salt will kick its butt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like just like maybe indoor, it's doesn't matter too much or whatever, but like outdoor, 
or nighttime or like anytime it's slightly challenging, the real cameras can win by miles each time, even older ones. So it's like, I still would say recommend like if, if you listener out there, get planning to, to start your family and have kids, it, listen to, listen to Zachary here. I've got your best interest at heart. You've got to get a good camera. So you have high quality photos of them, get a really high quality one because then you're future proofing to where it's like, okay, maybe in 10 years, 4k is the norm. And, you know, everyone has 4K pictures of their kids on their iPhone or whatever. But, like, I was ahead of the trend because I bought the 4K camera back when the phone iPhones couldn't do it. And so in the process of looking at all these family photos and all these birthday photos, I just decided to go ahead and go back to, like, when my, you know, grandparents were young, first getting married, and then there's some really old stuff on there. I think the, maybe the oldest thing is from 1970 or 60. I don't know. There's some old stuff in there. But I was looking and I was like, there's all these random people in the pictures and there's like, they're all, they're in these different houses because my mom's side moved around a lot. My dad's side didn't, but my mom's side moved around. So they're in these different houses and there's all these people and relatives and I don't know who anyone is because uh, many of them aren't living. And so it was like, who is this? And then my mom would try to explain, but it would get too complicated. Oh, that's your uncle's wife's a hairdresser's sister's neighbor's barber's friend. It's like, okay, yeah, we were really tied with them. It's super hard mm -hmm. to understand. Mm -hmm. So here I am. I'm making the family tree to understand it. And I sat, I recommend Joe do this. I recommend everyone do this. And you're very nostalgic, Joe. So it's probably, um, nap, this would come naturally to you. Maybe you've already Absolutely. done it. I don't know. But sit down with <laughs> like one side of the grandparents and the other side and like have them flesh out the family tree. Have them like to the best of their knowledge, say the birth dates, like maybe not exactly, but like, oh, this person was born in 1960, 1961 like get it close enough if you can do the marriage and death dates try to get at least close because uh, then the, the software for me if you put in the birth dates it orders the kids like puts the ones to the left that are old and the ones that are young to the right nice. it, i mean it doesn't know obviously doesn't know if you don't put in the birthdays but it knows if you put it in it just does the math and then once you put in the marriage date it and death date it gets interesting because it like you can go to a person and it's like they were born on this date on this date, they were married when they were X years old. And on this date, they died when they were X years old. And then you can like, uh, you can like make graphs and draw trend lines about like everyone in your family, how long everyone lives. It's kind of cool. Whoa. Uh, anyways, and then you could like make timelines and like this person was uh, around at the same time this person was around. Anyway, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. I haven't Dang. used half of the features yet. But it was just fun to, to make the tree. It was fun to like ask them. I wanted to get a specific timeline because the story, like my mom had always told one story about her getting born, but it was like she didn't have the whole picture. So I was like, asking her mom obviously like her mom has the whole picture and it was actually she had it slightly different so then you have to be like oh which person do you believe or whatever but yeah 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 with everyone i think i got the full story and they moved around a ton because my grandpa did various ministry things over the years yeah it was really in interesting and i had this big text file of like the story of their lives and mom said i you now know more about my childhood than i know about my childhood because i'd like Aww. tried to get all the details and and there was one actual grandparent thing that happened where there was a grandma and a grandpa right and then the grandpa died the grandma remarried so there's a, a brand new grandpa the gr mm -hmm. original grandma died so the grandpa gets married to a new grandma so they had swapped out both the grandma and the grandpa so none of no one's actually related to anyone anymore but the grandma and grandpa have been completely swapped out with brand new people oh and the old gosh. ones died and, new, and then that's why it was like oh these well, people aren't actually related to us but we considered them our grandma and grandpa like and it's like, this uh -huh. is, this is re really wrecking my tree. I, I had like this one guy who had like three wives, like, cause they kept dying. And it's like, the, the, there were so many different connections uh -huh. on the tree. And then like each of the, his like other wives had been married before. So the tree got so complicated, out of control. Wow. And, and it's like, yeah, this is uh, really out of control. Uh, so I was rooting for people in my family not to get divorced and like not to die or anything. Cause it just made it too complicated. Keep the tree simple. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad's side tree is pretty simple. Cause there weren't like too many deaths or divorces or anything like that. So it's uh -huh. like nice and simple. We got two parents and then we got the kids and then we got two parents. It's nice and simple. Don't worry. There you go. So I was making that tree and collecting stories. So I'd recommend to um, perhaps make audio recordings of this. If you can, might not be a bad idea to have that. Cause how, how many, like, let's be honest, like people who aren't around anymore, how many like tape recordings do we have of them? 
Like something that I wish yeah. we could have done is taken more home videos than we did. Like maybe interviewing like young Zachary and seeing how dumb he was and everything. But we just have to like <laughs> look at our vacation, whether it be vacation or like just doing stuff around the house, like times that we deemed as special enough to take a video. We have to like yeah. try to understand the person's personality through that. But there's never like a sit the person down and talk to them uh, kind of deal. At least I don't yeah. think so. So and then I also wish we did. I think I said this before. I also wish you did more like pictures of people's rooms because it's kind of cool to see how it changes over time so yeah all just like better life archiving because it's not it's so uninteresting at the time it's like oh this is just the room who cares about it but mm -hmm. then it changes and you wish you could remember what it looked like but you can't yep that's super true that's super true and i've done a little bit of that with my grandparents um like recording and stuff good job and uh a little bit with aria too like when she was younger when i, I just ask her like what do you want to do when you get older you know mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I love that that's a that's a that's a great idea that's a really great idea. Become the historian of your own family is my my challenge there. Mm. All right. So that was one project. This is actually going longer than I thought. That was one project. <laughs> so then here's another project. I called the bug hunt project. I got an idea from this blog post I read, but it's a little similar to getting things done. And getting things done, you write down everything you need to do and get it in one place and then just try to go through and do everything. In the bug hunt project, you find everything that annoys you, write it down and see if there's anything you can do about it. So, and then you're, it's like, if you're anything like me, you're going to be writing for a long time. <laughs> but it's, you like, think about the different areas of your life. You're like, okay, in my workspace, do I have everything I need, all the tools, all this? And like, do I get up at a good time? Do I like have the routines in place I want to have? Do I have like the tools in my backpack that I need? Do I have like anyone that I'm spending too much time with? Do I have anyone time I'm spending not enough time with? Like you keep, you go through all these areas, the blog post lays out and link in the show notes. It's very interesting. But then mm. I was like, this is really interesting. And cause a lot of these like bugs, and if you just think about it, the author is just thinking about with like computer programming. These are bugs in your life, but they're things you can fix if you really put effort into it. So I was like, Hey man, every time I go to a camera class, I like, we need to use like quarters and rings and weird stuff to like screw it together, screw everything together. And we can't like mm -hmm. deal with, deal with the screws for it. And I'm like, how about, how about I get a screwdriver and put it in my backpack? Bam. The bug is solved. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> wow. And it's like, you, you had only had to think about it for five seconds and then you could figure out what the fix was. But for some reason I just never sat down and thought what the fix was. Huh? I like that. Another bug I fixed was like, I, sometimes my chain falls off. I have to touch it. I have greasy hands on campus. I can't wash it off like very well. Now everything is gross and it's just no good. So put orange goop in my backpack. Okay. So it's like many, you can fix many of these bugs if you really think about it. Sometimes yeah. just by putting things in your backpack, you can fix the bugs. Or I was like, oh, sometimes I accidentally oversleep. Like set an alarm, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like I know because I had the alarms on the days I like absolutely had to be gone by a certain time. But it's like, I think I got too overconfident and I was oversleeping too much on the days those alarms weren't there. So I was like, here, wake up. And then I was like, and sometimes I'm on my computer too late at night and then I can't go to sleep because I'm staring at this white screen. It's like, oh, okay, use the uh, use Keyboard Maestro, which is this app, and you have it at 11 p.m. shut everything down and not let you use anything. It's like, wow. there you go. And now you can't use your computer, so go to bed. And it's like, you can actually fix these things if you think about it. And you don't have to be like this person that's just, uh, you know, at the mercy. You can actually like sit down for five minutes, try to figure out the solution, ask around. But if there are things that really bother you out there, like, Another one that I'm thinking maybe I should add was that like sometimes I'm at the drum set and I break a stick and I want to throw it away, but the trash can's kind of far away. So I'm thinking maybe I could just get another trash can, <laughs> like put it, put it nearby and just have it full of like broken drumsticks and random garbage and stuff like yeah. that. I'm not sure if I'll do that one, but there's, and another one is like my drum set fan is like too weak. It doesn't blow enough air to like mm. actually deal with the amount of heat that I generate when playing drums. So I'm like, I might be, I just need to buy another one of those. So a lot of times you throw like 10 or $20 at the problem that can be helpful. Honestly, I might do that because there's lots of little things that annoy me that I, I, I don't think I could, like, I'm trying to think, like, what would that even be? I don't know. 
usually they're like big things like my car is like not the best you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if that's a bug that's just like (laughs) you're in trouble yeah (laughs) oh man what's your last I'm, i'm curious about this last one uh so yeah the memory project is that one of the this all sort of goes together to some extent, but one of, I identified this a little before the bug project, but it is a bug, which is that I have a terrible memory. Just like the second mm. we do things, I, it's like, okay, cool. And then I forget about them instantly. As we've talked about in recent history, I sometimes don't know people's names. I pass the socially acceptable. I hear it once and then forget it. Cause I, you know, can't remember or whatever. Oh, hi, I'm Zach or hi, I'm blah, 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 blah. And I forget it instantly. <laughs> oh no, I forgot it instantly. I can't ask again because I just like <laughs> met you. I, I zoned out for the wrong one second and then it's mm-hmm. all, everything's ruined. I can't ask mm-hmm. again because we've been formally introduced. So I, I've been making an effort to actually know everybody's names. The people in my groups, it's cool. I'm actually learning their names. So it's not, it's not awkward. And so I put down their name. And then I'm like using a flashcard program, which is called Anki, which is a really cool program. And then so it, it gives me different ones to look at every day. So I'm like, oh, who is this person? And it's like, uh, this is who I think it is. And I see if I'm right. If not, I have to keep doing that card over until I get it right. So on. But I'm actually like making effort to learn things. I'm also really bad with birthdays. So I put, so I got like everyone's birthday that I feel like I actually care about. Sorry, everybody's birthday is not on that list. <laughs> but I, I got all the friends and family's birthdays on there. And so I actually, if I'm not, wrong your birthday is oh gosh your birthday yeah. is september because i get you and my grandpa mixed up because you're very close your birthday is april yes yeah, yeah you is got it, it is it the 16th no <laughs> see is we it? both don't know each other's birthday we only know the month so your real birthday is september yes i wonder if we should be saying our birthdays on the podcast because then like identity theft can take place i will just beep it <laughs> yeah just bleep it it's fine <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway yeah i get you and my grandpa mixed up so anyway so it's clearly not working out but i'm also still continuing to go through the cards and continue i like i yeah, have my family locked cool. in and then the friends are in there as well so yeah and i'm also doing street names because i'm terrible with street names like hey that's useful i don't know if this happens to you but i'm like oh yeah the thing by the thing and then the Bloomington mm-hmm. resident who's been here for 50 years is like, oh, speak up, boy. And then I'm like, oh, like tap road. Oh, okay, good. That There we go. Now we're speaking yep. the same language. Yes. But I've just had like pictures of the road on Google Street View with like the street sign censored out. And then like, what is mm. this? And then the, the program guides me through. That's cool. So I'm making effort to, I mean, I think my memory's still not great, but nobody's memory is necessarily that great. We just have to find out, find out information that's helpful to have in a moment's notice and then make sure we memorize it keyboard shortcuts all sorts of good stuff memorize it people that's really cool actually i know street signs for sure are like super useful from i i I don't know how but i just kind of learned all of the ones in bloomington like just by i just paid attention to where i was i don't know how to explain that but i mean yeah if you say that you're gonna take you know 46 onto walnut and then go from walnut on the hillside to the mall like which would be a left then on college mall road like i understand yeah see you're way better at this than i am i is but like i think i'm a directional person so it, it makes sense but um it just makes sense in my head and i know all the street names I, not all of the street names i know the you know the, the big ones, ones that, that are you, worth knowing you, yeah you should know the one yeah yeah so there's my projects what are your projects i would say that my projects right now are i have a couple of things number one i'm trying to like figure out my my personal brand, my personal like quote unquote business um, as a media person, like, cause I would like to do freelance work um, in design, photo and video, but I need to like, I'm trying to decide like, should I just make it my name? Like, should that be the business? Should I like try and come up with something fun, like cool or, you know, and then it's like business cards and like, I'm working through that and trying to figure out what I want. Um, 
I feel like my name is probably just a good decision. Dernal Solutions Incorporated. Dernal Solutions. I was thinking Dernal Design Company, DDC, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Anyway, just just thoughts. I, that, that's something that I'm generally working on. So podcast listeners, if you need some some cheapish work done by a non-professional. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Good job selling the business. Uh, that's my... You know the triangle of like cheap, fast, done, right? Joe is like cheap, fast, done, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, it's not wrong. It's just not necessary. I'm not a professional. I don't do it as my profession. I'm, I'm, I've spent four years learning it. I just, I need some experience. So help, help a brother out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's something I've been working on. Another thing I've been working on is just, well, actually I'll say two more things. I want to be like a better reader, which I, it's so silly. We talk about this all the time, but it's just a habit. Like, like if I can, and what I've been doing is like, um, if I can make it a habit to just like, make sure that I read while I'm brushing my teeth or something. Boom. That That's a habit that piggybacks on another habit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so, and then it's like, well, I read two pages. I might as well just finish the chapter tonight, you know? And then if I can read a little bit every night, it's like, oh wow, that book that like has sat on my shelf for a year is now done. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And I liked it, you know? Um, so like I'm working through the ruthless, the ruthless elimination of hurry right now, which is mm-hmm. awesome. It's an awesome book. I just, it's hard to make time for it, especially in the minefield of, media that we are in like you it's a good word for it yeah it's just it's like it's like you pull out your phone and there's like a billion options for things that you could distract yourself with and it's hard to be like oh yeah like let me just go grab the book instead and i'll read that while i'm doing blank you know what i mean yeah or sure. just waiting on something or whatever um so anyway that's something i'm trying to get better at or not i don't know that's a mini project for me right now and then the other thing is like trying to stay on top of school like I, there was a day, it was last week, and keep in mind, I mean, we're at the beginning of the semester, like, I don't have any, like, 17-page papers or anything due right now, Yes. but, like, I just, there was a moment on, it was, like, a Wednesday, I think, and I was, like, you know what, I have, like, three little things that need to get done over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and I don't really want to do them right now, but, like, I have, like, 30 minutes, and I can just knock them all out, because they're each, like, maybe five to ten minutes, they're really small, Yeah. and I just did it. And like got them all done. And I was like, wow, I don't have anything to do till Tuesday of next week. That's awesome. Mosquito tasks, we call them. That's what I did yesterday. I was like, I have a bunch of stuff. And do I want to do it? Absolutely not. Grind, 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 through, <laughs> grind, through, grind. Through. Okay, I'm done. Now I don't have to do anything for a long time. Exactly, which is awesome. And so, yeah, I've just been trying to be like, I guess you could call that being a better student. Like, technically, it sounds weird to me mm-hmm. to try it. Like, because I'm not typically that kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, just just trying to get the little things done. So that I can actually like sit down and play euchre for a couple hours, you know, and enjoy my guilt free. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's been something I'm working on. I don't think anything else, honestly. Yeah, I'd say that's about it. So, yeah. There's my there's my mini projects, mis miscellaneous projects corner ep- thing. Joe Dernal, cheap, fast, poorly done work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. just it's just amateur. <laughs> I just have this mental picture of you like typing all of your homework in the chat GTV. Like this only takes five minutes, guys. Oh my gosh. If chat, well, no, that's no. I was about to say if chat GPT could do my design work, I would, and I was like, no, I don't want it to. Dolly can do your design work. Dolly could do my design work, which is weird. It's a weird thing. 
if I wasn't so like grossed out by bodies, I would be, I had to be like gone into nursing because like I can make tons of money anywhere. Like, you, you know what I mean? So There's no money. way to automate me. Sorry, everybody. Nope. The computers no. cannot take my job, <laughs> <laughs> but I am grossed out by blood and everything. So that is yeah. not going to happen ever. Yep. For sure. For our last topic today, I would like to talk about Narnia and how much do you already know about Narnia? How much do I know about Narnia? I, I mean, I've seen the movies. <sighs> yeah, I know. I'm I, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you like Harry Potter? I love those movies. No, <laughs> I I like the movies and I and I love that C.S. Lewis wrote it. I just I think that I, I I think I will eventually get around to reading it, but like not for a long time. And I might just I mean it would be like maybe like in twenty years or something, or or like reading it to my kids someday or something. I don't know. True, it would be a good bedtime story. So I'd like to talk about it. It holds a very special place in my heart because it was one of those books that I actually liked growing up. I feel like my younger self was forced to read all these books he didn't like for school, like as all kids are. But it was like, and ironically, I think I would like it now, but I was forced to read A Little House on the Prairie. But and I didn't like it at all. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. But I loved the boxcar children, if you've heard of that one. So mm-hmm. what it was, there was like the system where it was like I could earn a boxcar children book by like suffering through the little house on the prairie book. And it was like half and half. <laughs> I had to go back and forth. So I was like, okay, suffer through the uh, little house in the big woods and like slow it's like torture going, molasses going through. Okay, like rip through the boxcar children book. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> and then uh slow procrastination on this book. Okay, best thing ever, boxcar, and so so on forever. Nowadays, I'm just an older person that can actually make my own decisions. I get to choose books I like and drop the books I don't, which is a good thing I'd recommend you do. But Narnia was like Boxcar Children, a series I really liked. And I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. I don't remember everything that happened. And I'm also going to recommend to the listener, please skip this chapter if you don't want spoilers. We won't talk about anything else, but I am going to spoil things, mostly because it's kind of hard to explain like why those books are important to me if I don't say what happens. I can't be like, they're important to me and not tell you why. When C.S. Lewis was writing The Chronicles of Narnia, he was kind of all over the place. There are seven books in the series, and there are many debates on, like, what's the order to read them? Like, same for Star Wars. It's like, should the prequels come first, or should they come later? Should we, like, ignore them because they're bad? Like, there's there's all these debates about what the what the series should be read. So here's, and there's three different opinions, three main different opinions. Let me tell you the order I read them in. So the chronological order goes like this. The Magician's Nephew, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Horse and His Boy, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, The Last Battle. I thought that was the only order because that is the that's the order I read them as as a kid. There's a box set we have of it, and like the, there's no mistake about it. It's not like we're told to read it that way. It's that like it says number one on the magician's nephew. It says number two mm-hmm. on the lion, which in the order. Like the box set it has the, the numbers, and it says like this is how you're supposed to do it. The thing was that's the chronological order in the box set. What it's saying is like the first book takes place in 1950 on Earth. The last book takes place in I 1956 on Earth. I think I'm getting that right, but you get the idea. As time passes on Earth in the story, then it's like, all right, Magician's Nephew technically happened first, the last battle technically happened last, and so on and so forth. Now, that that's one opinion. Here's another opinion. How about the order in which they were written? Now, the order in which they were written is actually different than the order in which they were published, hmm. which, is not, which is very confusing. Here's the order in which they were written. The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the horse and his boy, the silver chair, the last battle, the magician's nephew. So it's there's some similarities. The line, the witch, Prince Caspian, Don Treader are all in the same place, but the others are just like randomized. And then here's the order they were published, which was not the order they were written in or the order that happened. <laughs> they were published <laughs> like this. First, the line, the witch, and the wardrobe came out. Then Prince Caspian. Then the voyage of the Don Treader. Then the silver chair. Then the horse and his boy. Then the magician's nephew. Then the last battle. 
I'll link, if you're for visual people out there, the link shall be in the show notes if you are wanting to see these written out. The publication and the written order is very similar. Uh, there's just a few that are swapped around. Now, after seeing this order, I have to say, I think I think I would actually have preferred to do, like if I'm recommending to someone, I think I would have you do the publication order because here's mm. the thing. Everyone knows the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like, that's the most popular one. That's like the, if you were, he was an artist, that'd be his song. He'd have like 50,000 listeners and his his book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, would have like millions and millions, and then the rest of them would have like a thousand. Like, I imagine mm-hmm. that's how the books are sold. Like, so many people have read that one. And so I'd recommend you do that because The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, well, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is all about how how Narnia works. It shows it is ruled by Aslan the Lion, which you know about if you watch the movies. But this story is the most popular one, and it shows how Aslan died and he was resurrected to save Narnia. And this one features Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, the Pevensey children. They go through a magical wardrobe. And in fact, they stay in Narnia for years and years until they're adults. But once they like go back out, they're like, I remember this place. And then they go back out. But then they come back out of the wardrobe as children. So it's like, oh, now I have to live my whole... I was, I was an adult with all these freedoms. And now I have to you know go back to me a kid. That's kind of annoying. So that's what that one is about. Horse and his boy is a little weird, to be honest. But it takes place like while the line, the witch wardrobe was happening. Because it happened over so many years, like they're becoming adults. And then the horse and his boy is like happening in the middle of that. And he, he like gets to Narnia, the ho- the boy in the, in the title. He gets to Narnia and like the high kings or, or the Pevensey children. It's This one's a little weird, to be honest. Prince Caspian <laughs> is, it's been discovered that the Pevensey children, the two older ones are not allowed to return to Narnia at the end of this one. It's like just the younger ones can return. So they've gone through this mm-hmm. big epic war in this one and done so much. But at the end, Aslan is like the two older ones. Peter and Susan cannot come back. The only ones that can come back are the young ones, which are Edmund and Lucy. And so in the voyage of the Dawn Treader, it's only Edmund and Lucy and their friend Eustace, or their cousin, actually, their annoying cousin, Eustace Grubb. They go on, this one's one of my favorites. They go on this epic, like, sailing adventure, and there's a movie of it as well, epic sailing adventure, and they're sailing to Aslan's country. And at the end, it's very sad. Aslan tells Edmund and Lucy they cannot return. They make it to the end of the world. I think it's the western end of the world, which is so cool. But it's like this big wave, and it's like nothing nothing to see here. Or like beyond the wave is Aslan's country. And he's like... And then in the movie, he he's voiced by Liam Neeson. It's like, he, he does awesome. He's like, my children, you are not allowed to, to come into my country. I will find you. It's, it's all kind of awesome. Like Liam Neeson actually kills that role. The only person that's allowed to return is Eustace. And he does in the silver chair along with his friend Jill. They need to save like Prince Rillian from a witch. Again, this one's a little weird. I don't love that one, but that's, it's just another one. And then in, in the last battle, this one is awesome. It's all It's worth going through some of the weirder ones to enjoy the last battle at the very end. This one is absolutely insane. It's like Avengers Endgame. Everyone is here. You've got Diggory and Polly from the first book, which I'll tell you about in a minute. You've got all the Pevensey children. You've got Eustace and Jill. You've got like all these magical side characters from the entire, like everyone is finally here in like one place and it's so cool. Or it's like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. But it's, and then here's the cool part that, and, and most people, it's so upsetting, actually don't know this. They don't actually make it to the end of the series. They don't suffer through like some of the weirder books. And then they miss out on a, a good story. So it's discovered that the people who are there were in a train accident and died. The last thing they remember was like the train rocking back and forth and they were kind of worried about it. But then they woke up in Narnia and were like present for the last battle and everything like that. And there's actually like legitimately like a donkey or like who's the antichrist you've got to read it it's like actually kind of insane what yeah so that's all i'll say to encourage joe to read it but and then it's like discovered at the end that narnia is turned into heaven aslan was god the whole time which you probably could have guessed if you're like paying attention and the white witch was satan and so on and so they're actually just going to live out their whole life in narnia and be with all their friends now there is one sad exception susan one of the pevensey children is actually absent 
And the books, I'm reading from a quote here, the books don't tell us what happened to Susan. She's just left alive in this world at the end, having turned into a rather silly, conceited young woman. But there's plenty of her time for her to mend, and perhaps she will get to Aslan's country in the end, in her own way. That was a letter C.S. Lewis sent to a fan who wanted to know about Susan. He's like, and he was like, quote, I could not write that story myself. Not that I have no hope of Susan ever getting to Aslan's country, but because I have a feeling the story of her journey would be longer and more like a grown-up novel than I wanted to write. But I may be mistaken. Why not try it yourself? End quote. So he's like, I'm not going to tell you what happened to Susan, but she was like not there on the train. She kind of, the thought is like she turned away from uh, Christianity, aka going to Narnia, aka like all these things. So it's an example Mm. of someone who has turned away, but there perhaps is hope for her yet. Finally, you have the magician's nephew, which depending on the order, either comes first or last or kind of in the middle. But this this one, it like puts the puzzle pieces together and explains how humans first got to Narnia. It follows the kids, Diggory and Polly, and their weird uncle Andrew and all of his experiments he did that allowed him to travel to another world. And the children, in traveling to another world, allow the evil white witch to come into Narnia and like cause huge problems for everyone. Sound familiar? <laughs> You're like letting mm. evil into the world. And now I'd recommend you do it in the publication order because it gives you like all the Narnia stuff in order. Then it gives you the magician's nephew so you like retroactively could find out how humans got there, which would be super cool. And then it does the last battle, which is the big payoff. Hmm. Okay, but Silver Chair and the Horse and His Boy are the weird ones. Yeah, those are strange. I don't, I don't, I just don't love them plot wise. But I mean, they have their, they serve their purpose. But I don't love them plot wise, and they aren't connected to any like great big Bible story. Like, obviously, the magician's nephew is like creation, and the line the witch word of is the crucifixion and resurrection, and the, uh-huh. those are just like a little weird. Got it. Okay. Dang. I kind of sort of implied it, but yeah, there's the last passage is extremely cool. The last part is, and I will leave it up to you to read the series. To get all the way to the end. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like a super secret because I think from what I said, you can kind of maybe tell what's going to happen next. But that is, yeah, the, the ending is very cool. No spoilers. So, yeah, I just, I think Narnia's biggest problem is it like, like, maybe it's because we have no attention span now or whatever, but I think it puts in like some slower paced books or some books that are like harder to get into. I feel like I've not talked to anyone that's made it to the last battle before, and they're really missing out. Mm. Like pretty much everyone, I assume you've done Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, and maybe Magician's Nephew. I, I mean, I think I read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, but I, I started Magician's Nephew, and I didn't get through it. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair enough. And, and that's like, I think, a common problem, just by the way the series is laid out. But I, I think that's a bummer, because like the last one is super cool. I guess you could skip to the last one, but it you're not fully getting. It's like if you walked in a theater and went straight to Endgame with not no Avengers oh, movies. Like no. that's the feeling I have. Where like you go to the last battle and you haven't read the other ones. It's like Ugh. you don't deserve this cool stuff. And also no, you, you can't you do that. Not only do you not deserve this cool stuff, it, you, you're just not understanding it. You're not appreciating mm-hmm. this cool stuff. Like you have to mm-hmm. understand. Like oh, when when Black Panther says like give it to me, like Clint, he's like tell saying his name and like you have to understand the Easter eggs. Exactly. But I exactly. would absolutely recommend Narnia to one and all. Well, folks, that's a wrap for this episode of the College Tribe Podcast. I'm Zachary, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe. And we've been discussing Calvinism, not listening to music, and Narnia, and it's been quite an enlightening conversation. Yes, it's always great to dive deep into these topics and hear different perspectives. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the discussion. And we want to remind all our listeners that the College Tribe Podcast is all about exploring different ideas and perspectives. We may not always agree with each other, but we strive to have open and respectful conversations. Exactly. And speaking of respectful conversations, we want to thank our listeners for tuning in and for their support. We couldn't do this without you. And don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our show for more college tips, tricks, and advice. Yes, we have some great episodes planned for the future, and we can't wait to share them with you. And before we sign off, uh, we want to remind our listeners that college is a journey, and it's okay to make mistakes and try different things. Remember to stay curious, stay motivated, and keep trying. 
yeah, we, we just won't say it's ChatGDP. Just be like, these guys are crazy. <laughs>